Today's episode of The Recapables on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within a day. They're the best at distributing your job to the best boards, identifying the right people, inviting them to apply, and getting you a helicopter to go to Little League games. That's right. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. We are also brought to you by the Shack House Golf Podcast, which is going to be in Augusta this week at the Masters. So am I. I might actually appear on this podcast this week. Very excited about that. And if you like the Recapables, check out the Rewatchables podcast. They did Michael Clayton. That was a borderline rewatchable, but some people love it. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. It's pretty good. You jump in. Clooney at his best. Uh, speaking of at its best, Billions. Billions. Who is that? Maria Gonzalez. That may be a Maria Gonzalez, but that is not our Maria Gonzalez. That is the wrong Maria Gonzalez. Episode two, the wrong Maria Gonzalez. Also could have been called Round Here. That's right. Also could have been called Adam Duritz is getting laid tonight. (laughs) Also could have been called the return of Adam Duritz. Adam Duritz is back. Twice. Wow. Not just once. The bookend appearance, the opening song, the closing song, the emotional, spiritual guideposts and bookends of season three, episode two of Billions. Incredible. Maria says she's dying through the door. I hear crying. Why? I don't know. Round here. We always stand up straight And just when I thought the callback was obscene and over the top and, oh, man, oh, they went to the well. Why'd they do this? And then there's poor Maria Gonzalez in Guatemala and the lyrics goes, Maria. And, and it's like, oh, it's because the song and Maria around here. And it, it was great. It put it all together. It was a good voila moment. <laughs> Way to to use it. I just like to think that when Axe is feeling particularly emo, he, he, you know. He cranks the Counting Crows. Cranks some Counting Crows. He's wearing his tight t-shirt. He strikes me more as a reigning in Baltimore kind of guy, though. Well, did they think of naming the maid Elizabeth? And they could have done the goodnight Elizabeth as she she just got off her bus stop in Guatemala? If only. First time I've heard the word guad, by the way. Very tough. She was called a guad. Extremely uncomfortable moment in the episode. I, I just have to assume that if it's something Jock Jeff Coat is saying, it's not something that you should be saying if you're a good person in the world. Jack that was Jeff my read Coat. on that. You know, we made it 40 minutes through this episode without Jock Jeff Coat. And I was like, really? Is Jock Jeff Coat not going to be in? And all of a sudden he was in. All right. Uh, lots to discuss. As always, we're going to give you the 42 second episode recap, which you have to do in 42 seconds or less. Let's go. Oh, good. Channeling good. my yeah, strength that's good. here. This does not count Brevity's, for the 42 seconds. Brevity does not come naturally Doesn't to me. Doesn't count you actually start. Here we go. 42 seconds summation. Aggie, start the clock. Chuck, Dake have to sell their souls to try to get the better of Axe, who still gets the best of them by getting one of their star witnesses mm. literally removed from the country. Yeah. Axe, meanwhile, wants to take a little $2 billion chunk on the side, Taylor, this is not sitting well with Taylor. Taylor and Axe Capital are in crisis. A tsunami has hit Brazil. 
yeah. how to reallocate the funds, what moves to make. And then, of course, there's Lara, who's having we'll save Lara. multiple She's, monologues yeah. that are terrible. Chuck gets funted. Judge Funt, who is going to be acts favorable, and they have to get Judge Funt off the case. And thanks God he owes Chuck one. This is actually kind of a, a plot light episode. It's a yeah. lot about like machination and angst, but not a. T- we don't actually move forward super far in like the overall arc of well, the we show. Move, one thing moves. And I thought they were going to string along for four episodes. It's like, when is Axe going to need the juice again? When is he going to need the action? Yeah. And six minutes into episode two, it's, it's like, immediate. all right, Axe needs the action. It's immediate. Like a, like Monitoring the earthquake addict. alerts on his cell phone. And right. then later saying to Taylor, why didn't you anticipate the tsunami? All right. Uh, let's, let's start with the Winkle Tech twins. Okay. Because that's what I've them named yet. them. So Axe is very concerned about being hacked, people realizing that he's up to stuff, and hires the Winkle Tech twins, who are not technically twins, but look alike, and both stand with their hands in front of their balls and do not really have facial expression and are just clearly just killers, just like the guys you want if you want to wipe out everything that anybody could find out about you. Here's my question for yeah. you. For the Winkle Tech twins? For you and the twins and anyone who cares about billions. Can these guys ever replace Hall in your heart? Because yeah. Hall was a special sort of fucked up and a special sort of awful. And you could always count on Axe making a call to Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> you know, reaching out to Hall to do something super nefarious and weird and for Hall to come in every episode and have like one to three lines that were going to basically haunt you for the next six weeks as so you, you thought about Hall. them. I, th- I thought Hall added a, a real element of dread and doom to the show that I think is important. I, do, can these guys deliver? Maybe they, maybe they don't need to deliver that. Maybe they need a different sort of energy. My guess is- Their names are John and Timmy. Well, that's the thing. I think they're <laughs> setting us up. I think episode three or episode four, the Winkle Tech twins do something terrible. Like I do really, like, truly something horrible. I do like that when Wags is grilling them, one of the one of the lines is, Mr. Hall fought the wars you've heard of. I fought the ones you haven't. That's pretty <laughs> threatening. That's like really menacing. I will yeah. give them that. So I was thinking of the Winkle Tech twins or the Winston Wolf twins because they're they're basically the Winston Wolves. They Wait, clean up they clean up messes. That's good. Winkle Tech is like just, just really solid. sounds quite punchy and good. More importantly, a great avocado toast yes. uh, section. Let's hear that right now. We've also swept the apartment. There are no listening devices, no visual recording devices, no compromising devices of any kind. But guests leave eyes and ears so we should sweep off. Who else visits? The women. Wand them. You will? Why should I trust you to do anything other than point me to the nearest avocado toast? For whom have you worked? Is this just a walk on the wild side to spice up the B-School essays? Is it true that Smash Spring Pea Toast is a new avocado toast? You're very into the food scene in LA. Is I, that true? First of all, I, I feel like that's a dig. Is that true? I feel it's like a that's a dig that you would think I would eat avocado toast. I hate avocados. But what about Smash it's the one Spring Pea Toast? Crossed. No, that's, that's <laughs> crap. So Axe regrets making the deals. He says, these fuckers can take my ability to trade, but not my ability to see. He's struggling. Who is he? How does he do it? Well, um, as we learn over the course of the episode, he realizes he's got to spread his wings, bring in a couple people, always in meetings in like very dark vans. 
yes. or whatever's going on. My my at night with dark vans. I'm concerned by these choices. The Actu- vans just being in the same physical location with the people who Axe is trying yeah. to like bring into his scheme. Victor, right? Victor, you can't be seen with Victor. The last time Axe met with Victor, you know, bowling alley. Like that made sense. You could wrap your head around Axe and Victor meeting in an abandoned bowling alley in But not in a two. dark van at night where no. either of them could have been trailed. If any if anyone's trailing them, they'll see one or both parties getting in and out of the vehicle. That seems really sloppy. Carly also used to work at Axe Capital. She was one of the people who broke off to start a new firm. These are known former associates of his. He can't be that close to them. What is he thinking? He's getting sloppy. At least sloppy. he was smart enough not to go to the pizza place. Or to have them come to his beautiful loft with those with great the, with floor all the to windows. ceiling windows. Yeah, he can't hide in there. Amanda Dobbins. Doesn't like the apartment. Our beloved ringer colleague. Yeah. Your work wife. Yeah. You've been sharing an office and a lot of emotions for years and years. Many emotions. We um, share a lot. Did not like the apartment and actually got a little snobby with us, I felt like. She Tiny was, bit snobby. She was concerned by what our love for the apartment said, I think not only about our judgment in real estate, but maybe just about our worldview. She seemed like to windows. take it personally. If I'm in New York City, I like windows. What do you think the about chance the to floor? See things. I looked at the floor more. Yeah, this time. she did. She did plant some seeds. I yeah. didn't like the apartment. Also, as the much metal this time door. Yeah, perhaps the better to keep out Lara with. I think it could have been decorated better. Give him time. So as this is happening, Chuck is freaking out because Judge Fun is involved. Tough episode for Chuck. Creates a new verb that I was really excited about. We got judge fucked in the Axelrod case. And I don't mean we the people. I mean... We are family. I didn't know judge (laughs) fucked was a word. It's also one of the worst porn search terms I think you could put in. (laughs) Judge fucked. But uh, we got judge fucked in the Axelrod case. An actual sentence of this Do you think that's one of the role-playing games that Mr. and Mrs. Martinez (laughs) try out? There's some judge fucking with the Martinez. I thought he was going to say, we have judge fucked tonight at 7 p.m. Don't be late. We've got judge fucked tonight. Is it on your calendar? So that was great. We also found out, actually, let's let's hear this. This is Wags talking to Axe's kids, and then we'll talk about it after. Love this. Ah, If it isn't George and Edward... Which one of you will give up the throne for love? That seems like a stupid reason. You must be George. Uh, are you coming to our game later, Uncle Wags? Is it official Little League? Yeah. Can't. Banned for life. All right, a couple great things there. One is his kind of contempt and admiration for George Axelrod. <laughs> it was clearly either a future serial killer or uh, the next Donald Trump Jr. or we don't know where his life's going to go. But but Wags is on to him. Wags knows George is going to mean somebody, something to somebody in life. So here, I have a question for you. So, every, so I catch a lot of the references in Billions, yeah. but I don't, I don't flatter myself that I catch them all. Yeah. And I was wondering if Wags was referencing something in that scene that I missed because that kid's name is not George. It is Gordy. That's right. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Why is he calling him George? Does he just not know? Or is I thought maybe he was perhaps alluding to some bratty child, some entitled child who that it maybe was. Maybe that was a joke me. that he called him the wrong name. Maybe. There was or something maybe they, going on. Maybe there. they're changing his name, or maybe it was a King George reference. Maybe. That was weird. Know. So we let, so that was crazy. But then the other part um, This is, is an it amazing official moment. little league. I can't. I can't ban for life. Ban for life. And then he just walks out. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> also, some people might be using that as an excuse to get out of going to little Gordy's little league game. Not Wags. You know, that's no. legit. No, you, you know, know that Wags legit. is banned for life from official little league. 
What do you maybe think he did? La- maybe in a later episode, we find out what he did. I'm assuming he punched an umpire would be my my guess, but he also might've started a brawl in the stands with the parents. Well, okay. So here's, here's the follow-up question. When was he banned? Could he have been banned as a child or was he banned as an oh, adult? Oh, that's great. Like, is this like a 40 year ban? That's great. It goes back to young Mike Wagner's days at the hot corner. When he was Mikey Wagner instead of Wags. <laughs> Little Mikey Wagner. That's good. We'll, we'll never know. This brings us to our first award. Yeah. Wags is in the MVP conversation for this episode. I think the other MVP nominee is the Counting Crows. Wow. It was and a really strong musical cue. It really was one of the most important before. Plus, like, round here, you know, I'm, I'm post-college 90s. Like, that's kind of a weirdly iconic album for that era. Round here is the first song and, like, the first guitar thing. Like, it's just like, it's, right. it brings a, a certain nostalgia to it. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the Counting Crows might have a moment after this episode. Oh my God. Dare to but dream. Wags could, Wags could really be the MVP or a nominee of almost, he's like LeBron. Right. He's always in the conversation. Wags is, is the, so he's the, the polar opposite of Lara. Like Lara could always be our LVP and Wags could always be our MVP. And so I think we have to, we have to be disciplined. Okay. You know, we have to be as disciplined as Mafi when he's executing a trade. Right. Is this the right week to actually say that Wags was the MVP? I think it was, and here's why. This is actually kind of a weird episode of Billions. Like yeah. I really enjoyed it, as I really enjoy every episode of Billions, but it was it felt like a little different tonally. It was an advanced the plot episode. Yeah. The something about the pace, like literally the the clip at which the characters are speaking, particularly Chuck, it just had like a slightly different energy. And there's a lot of weird energy in the episode among the characters. They're all kind of caught in this state of existential dread. And Wax was the only one who was just like, this is just Tuesday. Like, yeah, what, yeah. what's wrong with all of you? Let's go. Yeah, and yeah. he kept owning everyone. He had so many zingers with the, with with Axe's kids, with Taylor, with Spiros. He was just the like comedic lifeline and like force for good in an episode that was actually kind of like low energy and sort of somber in a lot of other areas. So I really appreciated Wags. High volume and a good showing from him. Somber because some some poor maid got sent to Guatemala, never to be seen again. Very tough all around. Extremely tough. Uh, we had another Rob Morrow cameo. Rob Morrow, who was like an A-list actor for about a year. Yeah. The lead of Northern Exposure. He was in that Redford movie quiz show. He's the lead in that. He's kind of having a moment. And now he's like a character actor. He went John Void on us. I didn't know when he was first in Billions that he was going to be like such a recurring figure. I, it didn't seem that way either, but maybe that's what happens with the show. But he Judge DiGiulio got to stick around. He does a deal with Chuck. He agrees to dump Funt in exchange for basically a lifetime of leeway. He agrees. Yeah, he agrees that he'll sub in. Funt has to take himself Funt out. Had, once once that happens, right. he'll take care of Chuck. Right. But and this is Chuck owes him for life, which is dangerous, and you know that's coming back. And what's so strange about that and so strange about the fact that Chuck is making that choice is that Chuck has already been in the position of owing him. There was yeah. that great scene last season where they're having duck together and Chuck brings up that that DiGiulio owes him a favor and DiGiulio says, remind me again and this will be the last meal we share. And he's like genuinely pretty unhappy that Chuck is has the nerve right. to do this. And so I guess part of what this episode taught us or reminded us is that these people are just in the business of trading debts back and forth sort of forever. Like you can't really be in someone's debt for life because inevitably they will then be in your debt at some point. That's just how it works. Uh, another big winner. This was an MVP, but the Washington goes to Delaware painting. Yes. I hadn't really thought about it in a while. 
You know that painting of Washington crossing the Delaware? In the boat with all his troops? I forget what it's called. I think it's called Washington crossing the Delaware. You didn't forget. No. And you know why it's called that? Because at the moment that his troops were facing the sting of battle, Washington was right there with them, leaning into the wind, not back at home jerking off. I'll admit Washington crossing the Delaware would look pretty fucking strange without George Washington. Then how can you ask me not to be with my troops right now? Quite a lot of talk about that came, painting. came back. They didn't even try to hide like the obvious uh, symbolism slash parallels with Axe as Washington. They leaned right into lean it. In. They were like, here's what we're trying to tell you. We're going to bang you over the head no matter how dumb you are. If there's one thing Axe loves, it's to make a historical comp in which he is comparing himself to a dominant <laughs> to leader. To George Washington. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure George Washington didn't send a maid to Guatemala to, I, to no. be able to trade well, more. Who knows? Honestly. And then the big tension thing was um, Taylor just did not like having Axe around. They are trying to spread their li- wings. Yes. And there's Axe. And he's got the compliance guys following around with the weird camera. What's going on there? What are they videotaping? I, I guess every every, in, every conversation needs to be on the record to prove that he wasn't meddling even though of course he is he had to do this so early but are we sure axe is good why would you go to the office that's a terrible no, way no axe is a bad who does guy that? yeah no but i'm saying just is he smart like who going to the office nothing good can come from that i don't know why he was there although clearly he's in some mental chess match with taylor right we have had reason before to question Axe's decision making like we should not forget that the reason he got indicted in the first place here is because he had people who could easily be tracked poison their own juice because he was so desperate to get Chuck and that was basically entrapment on Chuck's part and Axe fell for it it was a everybody lost that and yeah I mean Axe was also doing things that brought Chuck down in that scenario Chuck ended up losing his family 27 million dollars etc it's not like Axe didn't win there but Axe does sometimes make short-sighted and misguided decisions I think one of the things that this episode did well is remind us that even when he's doing that even when he's miscalculating a bit he has a reason. And so he wasn't just there like blindly fucking around. He was trying to motivate Taylor. He was trying to get help Taylor connect those final dots and find the confidence to make that decision, which eventually Taylor did. They came to the right decision. Yeah. And Axe got what he wanted. Taylor's going to use that $2 billion the way that Axe wants. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think Taylor has been as good of an actor this year as last year? I feel like they have ratcheted up a little bit and yeah. it almost seems like too robotic this year. Interesting. If, if somebody's going to lead that company like that, that leadership style is not going to really work unless they're so lights out smart. Everybody's like, that person's a genius. I'm going to follow them into the depths of hell because right. they're you know, amazing. I don't. That's a good point. It's a, it's, I, a, it's a tiny bit unrealistic. They seem overmatched. I So I recently rewatched season two. Yeah. To do binge mode. And I think I think if you went back, you'd find that that was how Taylor. The whole time. Behaved pretty much the whole way. And that there were. It was a little more understated last year. Now it's like, and maybe that's because of the leadership position they've been put into, but it's. I think the mannerisms are the same and the, the tone and intent is the same. I think that the new variable this year is doubt. We never saw doubt with so Taylor So doubt before. makes the personality Doubt is that little one, is the little the grain of sand okay. in the watch wheel. Best so. new addition. Um, yes. The Winkle Tech twins or somebody else or the Little League helicopter? Oh, Bruce. Bruce in the helicopter. It's got to be the twins. They were 
truly tremendous. The moment when they ask if they're allowed to speak to Wags and yeah. Axe says, discuss anything except women you care about. <laughs> was <laughs> low-key maybe the best moment of the entire episode. I think also just best new addition in terms of where we are overall in the story. And see Axe. We've never seen, I mean, Axe himself is not a new addition, but we've never seen Axe acting you know why? With this kind of he needs the action, Mallory. Well, what about all those blondes? He needs the I hope it's not. I hope he's not going to come to the conclusion that Lara is what's missing from his life. That would be tough. I really I'm don't out. want that. I'm not watching the show anymore. If that's the conclusion, he. Let me tell you something. I can't say that strongly enough. I'm out if Lara and Axe reconcile. That would be really tough. It'll she probably needs, happen at some point, though. If Koppelman told you they're going seven seasons. When the helicopter was landing at the Little League field, I was hoping it might tilt and the blade would come and just sever Lara's head. It occurred to me as well, <laughs> honestly. Or like at least like a very substantial wind gust that would knock her off the bleacher. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of most scarring scenes and, and things that I wish had been beheaded. Yes. Naked swimmer guy. It's the most scarring scene of the week, which somehow is becoming a category and award on this Billions podcast. Uh, just a naked swimmer got out of the pool to talk to um, Connor and Terry. I'm not sure what happened here. This actor. So this is Danny, the character Danny, who was again in Axe's debt, did some favors for Axe. He was one of the right. guys who spiked his ice juice. That's why he's swimming, Bill. Yeah. Because he, he puked so hard, he injured a lung, and now he needs therapeutic nude swimming to heal. Yeah. As one does. That actor was like pretty fit. The first couple seasons was like fairly, I mean, we never saw him in the nude. You think they told him to lard it up a little bit? I don't know. Or maybe he just had naturally in the course of his life, people age, things change. And maybe, maybe the showrunners were like, we can do something with this. Yeah, well, We they, can work with this. We they, don't need to see Danny in a, in a waiter vest again. Let's get him naked coming out of the pool. They, they did something with it already. It was, I enjoyed the scene. Well, I was going to say, you, you usually enjoy all nudity at all points. Frankly, uh, I didn't think we got enough nudity in this episode. <laughs> for the camera to fade back. Uh, pop culture references of the week. So many. So as hot many. as Farrah Fawcett in 76. I like the 76 instead of the 1976. And by the way, Farrah Fawcett was all time in 76. <laughs> Congratulations to them for that reference. I'd pedal the fucking Flintstones car. That was another sentence. Yeah. There were Jim Morrison, The Hangover, Gordon Ramsay. It was light on pop culture this week. The, I got and couple, Counting Crows. I got a couple more. So also the follow-up from Wendy, when Taylor brought up Gordon Ramsay, Wendy said, you're more Alton Brown. I love that. That shows that these people really do watch the Food Network. Oh, that's I didn't even catch that because I don't watch the Food Network. <laughs> I used to love Alton Brown. Good one. I got three more for you. Okay. Wags, when Wags comes into Taylor's office and Taylor's staring at the candle and it's a meditation exercise and Wags says, if that bursts into flames, I'm denouncing you. You to Governor Danforth. Where my AP English head yeah. at? That's the crucible. Oh, guys, that's good. Read books, kids. I missed that one too. And then when in the in the nude swimming scene, scene when after Danny walks away and Connerty is, is he's just he's shook. He's shook. And Terry turns to him and says, Guy flashes a little brain and you turn into Dudley Do right. Dudley Do right. Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's another one. And then Bill. Yeah. You're going to be upset that you missed this one. I probably was like, here we go. Looking down at my emails. There was a departed reference in this episode. What? When? Yes. When <laughs> Dake is on the phone with, again, it bears repeating that his name is Jock Jeffcoat. Jock Jeffcoat. <laughs> Jock Jeffcoat. And Jeffcoat is like monologuing and then eventually says to Dake, 
you don't watch movies, do you? That was a departed quote when he says, you have an immaculate record. Some guys don't trust an immaculate record. I do. I have an immaculate record. That's Captain Ellerby. That's Baldwin. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, you beat me this week. I did write down that Taylor was handling the team like Joe Kerrigan in the early 2000s with the Red Sox when he was the interim manager. You know, when you have a bad interim, but who is the worst Orioles interim baseball manager? Ooh. The person who comes in and actually makes things worse. Man, there were a lot of them. There's, you've had a lot. Tough run from Sam Perlazzo. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough when the interim there. guy comes in and is just way worse. And uh, Taylor he, was headed that way for a while. He was All only right. temporarily an interim. He ended up getting the job. So they uh, they ice Maria Gonzalez, the informant. They replace her. Jack Jeffcoat gets involved. Chuck gets Judge Funt to step, step down. That was a really good scene, actually. Phenomenal like that. scene. That was a good one. Phenomenal. Uh, what did Judge Funt say at the end there? Fuck you, Chuck. Fuck you, Chuck. And right before that, this was one of my my contenders for quotes of the week. He says, ask yourself who you really are, Chuck. Are you the man who's reduced to collecting debts of the soul like old Mr. Scratch? Mm. Again. That's a good quote of the week. Talked about that last week. There's always that moment where they sum up like the entire mission of the show in a line or two. That was one of those lines. There's always a mano a mano scene. Oh, yeah. That they go all in on. It's a, The show is about power and hubris. Yeah. So that was a quote of the week nominee. The other ones were, why should I trust you to point me to anything of the nearest avocado <laughs> toast, which we heard before. And Tough Mutters are the new walkathons. Throwaway line. That really enjoyed it. That was good, though I hate anything that Spiros does because he's a rapist and belongs in jail. I did like when we were introduced to Funt initially when Oren says, you got funted. We didn't get quite enough Oren in this episode, but he still had a, a delightful really moment of, of just glee. You could see he got the script like a week earlier oh, yeah. and was like, oh, I can't wait to He's like, I'm going to be on going the, the Barry premiere as well. So yeah. I've got limited screen time, That's but it's true. fine. I'll make the most that. of it. And then again, with the with the Winkle Tech twins and Wags, who else visits? They're asking about, you know, Axe's apartment because they're trying to secure it. Wags says, the women. And then they say, wand them. And Wags says, he will. Mm. <laughs> Great Wags. That's why he was the MVP episode too. All right, the double entendre. We can't fight it off any longer. Here we are. It's time for the loser of the week. Could be the loser of the week every week, but especially this week. It was rough. It Just was a terrible It was rough showing. times. I actually thought they were going to get through episode two without her. And then mm. all of a sudden we're at a Little League game and she's sitting next to somebody's Lily. wife, Lily. Lily. And uh, it gets personal and- it was like they gave her a 90-second monologue just to kind of give it one last whirl to see if she could pull it off. And it gets she gets super personal with Lily. You're smart, Lily. You had a career for a second. You know your shopper isn't your friend. Personal trainer doesn't think you're actually making progress. And all the charities you give money to don't actually honor you when they honor you. But on some level, you believe every bit of it. You think the attention you receive is deserved. But when that fades, when every relationship in your life reveals itself to be a trade on your husband's net worth, you may say fuck false friends, but you'll be hiring a PR rep the first time your Halloween costume isn't mentioned in page six. So keep your own courage, Lily. And while you're at it, consider keeping that husband. Because while he may not give you what you think you want, he lets you keep on being Mrs. Keith Courier-Smith. And I'm pretty sure that's what you need. And it's just out of nowhere. It's out of context. It's unrealistic. It's not well-delivered or well-acted. And it's just, 
really awkward. And then a helicopter lands and delivers her kids to the game. And it's just a weird two minutes. Maybe it's just me. If I were Lyra and I had lost my entire, like the fabric of my life. Yeah. And someone for really the first time ever paid me a compliment. Yeah. I wouldn't turn around and immediately say, you had a career for a second. Yeah, that's And then tough. continue to dunk on her. So keep your own courage, Lillian, while you're at it. Consider keeping that husband. Way to be the feminine icon that we all need, Lara. <laughs> that's your advice for the women of the world watching this? Yeah. Keep that husband? And then she's like, now you're deciding whether to be pissed or grateful. Definitely grateful. She is the worst. And then we thought we were done with her, but we weren't. She shows up at Axe's apartment. You know what, Bobby? I'm going to do you a favor. You're off the hook. If you don't want 50-50 custody, you don't need to have it. I can tell other people it's 50-50, and I can come up with something to tell the boys, too. Why the fuck do you think I don't want the kids? You had them for one day at a time when you don't have to go to work, and you ditch them. You let them be airlifted into Little League. I mean, it was mortifying. I didn't mean to embarrass them. They weren't embarrassed. They didn't know to be, which is a whole other thing. Here's what I wrote down. Lara talks custody with Axe, dot, dot, dot. Better or worse than an S&M scene with the Martinez's? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think this episode, you know, every episode benefits from the Mr. and Mrs. Martinez action. Lara saying to Axe... I don't know if you need to work on your case or go on a trip or become a fucking cobbler. Yeah. Will puzzle me for some time. They try to make Lara seem like this kind of tough kid from the streets. She's not taking any shit. But it's just the wrong actress and it just doesn't add up ever. Even if she started like fucking her trainer. Yeah. And hiding it from Max, I'd be like, okay. I'm not interested. No, I'm just saying like, at least there's some deviousness and it's like, okay, this could pay off and Axel get mad about this. And I'll be interested to see where this is going. There's nothing about their relationship where I'm like, I'm interested to see where this is going. Maybe she should have been the one blowing chef Ryan at the pool. Yeah, maybe (laughs) anything. Just give her some sort of vice. My thing is like, if a character doesn't have a vice, I'm not sure why they're on a show like this. It's like, what's your vice, Lara? Are you, are you fucking around on Axe? Do you have a cocaine problem? Are you going to sabotage this whole thing by turning him into the feds? Are you going to be his enabler and just completely help him to destroy everyone's life? Are you going to try to destroy Chuck's wife because you don't like her? You're going to get in a... She, like, well, she did try no, to take Wendy out a couple not, times. But not really. It was, I think her vice I never is, believed it. Her vice is, I guess, just greed. It's money. Like she... you know, then, we, then be greedier. Then the helicopter should land and she shouldn't be like ashamed. offended by it. Right. Ashamed. She should be like, thank you. I thought the helicopter was going to be here 10 minutes ago. Like you can't react that way to it. That's, that's those, the part I don't understand That's those her. inward roots. You know, the same force within her that made her take the kids clamming. Right. <laughs> in season two to learn what it's like to be from? a common person. Inwood, I believe. New York? Yeah. I think fortunately she's probably going to hopefully die soon. And, you know, I by the way, very disappointed acts. I think every episode should have at least one axe lady. Axe girl? Like a, a Bond girl? Axe girl? Axe, <laughs> axe attack? Axe girl. We'll have to work on that. We'll have to workshop it. They were at least referenced. The women were referenced. Axies? Axies I like. Axies I like. Bobbies. Could do Bobbies. Oh, the, bo- the Bobbies. 
The Bobettes? The Bob- Bobettes. I think, you know, I like to think that Axe respects his women. No, he. They, we don't want is him to. We just want him to have a steady does? stream. But then the one person who, it just seems like she's there to have fun with Axe. But no, she's got a little camera on her. Oh, God. Time, time to extort Will Axe. Will he fall for that at some point? Probably. Or the one girl who takes Axe sexually to a place that he hasn't been before. And now he's he kind of loses his focus a little bit. He has been with Lara for a long time. You know, who knows what kind of new adventures await. But the real question is that if he remains single for long, when will he make a move on Wendy? So that's the that's kind of the hanging over this whole show. Yeah. Is Wendy and X. Yeah, of there's course. A, there's been a sexual chemistry. There was that one, what was it? Uh, the jacuzzi, the big jacuzzi. The when nude. She yeah. had to be naked. Yes. Had to be. Had to be naked. And as I as I, I said to Jason when we were doing binge mode, well, you know, they didn't want to risk a wire. There's nowhere to put a wire. And yeah. he, he astutely pointed out that on Billions, there are plenty of places that they could have Good. hit a wire. Multiple even, orifices. Even if they were naked. Bad actor came here of the week. God, they, they make it so easy sometimes. Mark Cuban, who um, was an atrocious actor in Entourage, and then decided to up the stakes in billions. Look, X, let me answer the question you didn't ask, and this pains me to say, I don't want your money. I, I've got too many eyes on me, and I can't be anywhere near the shit show you're in the middle of right now. This is his second Billions appearance. It really seems like he might think he can act. And then poor poor Damien Lewis is like trying to do the De Niro Pacino heat diner scene with him, basically. Right. And it's Mark Cuban. Like, it, hey, uh, Damien Lewis, maybe scale back a little. I don't I'm want- trying to blow him off the screen. I don't want your money. That's so right. awkward. It's weird. Normal, Plus, like, normal place to conduct a conversation, by the way, just while looking at extremely expensive luxury vehicles. Yeah. Is that what rich people do? Also, bad bad timing, maybe. Mark Cuban's kind of having a moment right well, now. That's not that's a good one. Tough. I'm sure. Do you think that they considered removing the scene? I would have. Tough time to have Mark Cuban in the show. He could be the loser of the week. Who, Mark Cuban? Sure. No, Lara's the loser of the week. She had two scenes, and they were the two worst scenes in the show by far. It's true. I will argue that once again, Dake has a case for being the loser because he continues to compromise everything that he's supposed to stand for. He had that really pathetic, I don't really want to call the attorney general about this moment with Connerty and then got reamed by Jack Jeffcoat on the phone. Chuck, too, like in his in that excellent scene with with Funt. Funt. You got funted. When Funt is just shredding Chuck, annihilating him, tearing him down to the beams of his humanity. And Chuck is like, I really think I am sorry. And it's just so clear that he doesn't actually know what being sorry even means anymore. He has totally lost sight of his own humanity. And at what cost? I thought Chuck was the weakest part of season one, which I've gone on the record as. I thought there was too much Chuck. I thought Giamatti was over the top of them. And uh, and I didn't think they had figured out that character. And as it's gone along, at that season two, they figured him out and they figured out his usage rate, to yeah. borrow a basketball term. I think the best and thing the show I has- I think season three, he's been good. I think I like how they've used Chuck and I feel I feel like I get the character now. I, I love the end of the Axe Chuck stuff at the end of season two. I thought it was tremendous. Right now, I think the best, like the best duo the show has other than Wags and anyone he's with is Axe and Taylor. Like the, yeah. the chemistry in their scenes is incredible. Like even in this episode, which again felt slightly tonally different, when Axe walks in at the end to Taylor's office and the and round here 
kicks in again. Yeah. And the way they look each at each other and the way they're speaking to each other, it is just like the show hums when they're sharing a room together. We have to go. Okay. Let's let's look forward to next week quick. What are we expecting? More from George more from George slash Gordy? More from sweet little Gordy. George, George slash Gordy. <laughs> more of more of George Gordy's little league more, exploits. If there's more wags in George slash Gordy, I'm all in. What will we see next week? I think we're due for a really Wendy heavy episode. Oh yeah. We okay. haven't gotten enough Wendy so far in season three. So I'm expecting more Wendy. Was he thick? Maybe Bob Benson will return. That would be great. Oh, Bob Benson. The hard and thick one. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> what else? I think, you know, we had an allusion to a potential Mr. and Mrs. Martinez scene when Chuck called Wendy to get the confidence he needed to confront mm. Funt. And she was like, see you later. Come home later. See you know, later. who knows? I'll be ready. Who knows? I'll be I'll put the heels on oh, now. Oh, oh, sorry. I have to bring this up with you very yeah. quickly. Yeah. The episode opens with, Cannon Crow is an axe and he's he's introspective. He's reflecting. He's looking at earthquake alerts. Calls Wendy. Wendy picks up. She's in bed with Chuck. She goes to the stairs. You know, get a little distance so that he can't hear. He does hear her because he whispers down to her, you know, Wendy, is everything okay? And she says to Axe, like, I got to go to Chuck. You know, quiet. I'll be right back. Doesn't want to wake the kids. She's on a different flight of the house. They're both whispering and she's yeah. worried that whispering will wake the kids. Where the fuck are the kids when they're pissing on each other that they're not worried about the kids hearing that? Is There's that in their house? Cattle prod. Yes. The cattle prod scene is in their bedroom, in their home. All right. That's a great catch. They're not worried about the kids hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great catch. Maybe that's in a soundproof room in the house. Maybe. My S&M room in my house is soundproof. Soundproofed? Yeah, nobody can hear anything in is there. Is it the Ringer Podcast Studio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I think next week is the first hint that maybe outsourcing Axe's info to his little birdies that Taylor is funding. Somebody will catch on to that next week. That's how that has to go. Do you think there's a chance the trial is going to begin next week? We, we know no. the judge. Yeah. We've already gone through the jury process. Yeah, that, we got 11, 12 episodes here. Would you have liked a little more of the Little League game? I wanted the full Little League game. I, I want to know. I want to see George slash Gordy hit. What is Gordy's war? You know? I don't know. What's Gordy's bad What do they play? Like George slash Gordy has to be short, right? That's the power position. Well, here's the only question is, are they on a team full of rich kids? Because in theory, you'd think it's it's an automatic that Axe's kids get the best positions. Like they're pitching. One of them's the pitcher. One of them's the shortstop. But Lily, we know her husband's a big deal too. Presumably her kid is on that team. That's why she's there. Right. Who knows? Maybe every kid on that team thinks he's supposed to be shortstop. Someone's got to play left field. Poor Lily. She's Gordy looks like a left really. fielder to me. I'll just say that. Uh, we'll be back next week on the Recap Balls. We post these every Sunday night right after Billions ends. Check that out. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to... Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. And don't forget to listen to the Shack House podcast. Don't forget to listen to Binge Mode with Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion. What's coming up this week? This we week yet? we did a mailbag. Yeah. And next week is Ready Player One. Great. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you as always. Thank you. 